All right, good morning. Today, we're going to continue our discussion of 1 Corinthians. We're moving into chapter 2. So, like always, before we kind of get started with some stuff, um, I have a couple of announcements that I'll let you guys know about that's upcoming. Number one is uh, May 7th is our next corporate gathering, Saturday, May 7th. I'm not sure of the location yet, so just kind of keep keep an eye out on our Facebook page or our calendar. We'll make further updates on that as well as to where we're going to be. So that'll be fun. Invite some friends and your neighbors and coworkers and all that. We'll have a good celebration. May 7th? May 7th, that's correct. Well, where is that going to be? Not sure yet. We're working on our location right now. So it gives us about four weeks, a little more than four weeks. Um, the second thing is, too, these recordings that we're doing are posted on our website, www.growinglovingpeople.org, and you can also share it to your Facebook page or, or text message link, so you know, we encourage you to um, you know, share it around to your friend circles and all that. What is it? Our church's website is growinglovingpeople.org. It's also on the bottom of the little study card in your, in your Bible. Oh, I have one. Yeah, it's written on the bottom of that as well. Okay, so if you go to the home page, go to the tabs, there's there's a, there's a tab, uh, podcasts, open that up, and Angel and Cito do a great job of keeping it updated um, as to our discussion. So you can go back and listen to them, share them around if you like. And, so, and then also next week, we're going to be doing chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. And there's some really interesting things in, in chapter 3. There's three main topics that Paul talks about. The first one is the problem of immaturity, um, the role of God's servants, and the folly of human wisdom. And so as you read chapter 3, just kind of keep keep an eye out for some really interesting things that come out. Specifically, we're going to discuss verses 5 through 16. And that would be the role of God's servants. And that would be for next week. What's really interesting about that passage, 5 through 16, there is, have you guys heard the, the the story, the fable story about the three piggies, the three little piggies in the house and all that kind of stuff? Well, there's, Paul describes what would be like Paul's little three little piggies when it comes to the role of servants in, in, in ministry. It's really neat to read. So we're going to be talking about that next week. So. All right, so before we get into reading our passage and discussing it, let me read from you uh, a couple paragraphs here out of the Illustrated Bible survey, which is what I read from last week as well, um, continuing with 2 Corinthians. Paul began the body of his letter with an issue that was at the root of their problems, the need for unity around the gospel message. Their problem arose when various groups sided with different leaders who best represented their views of Christianity. I think, Mark, if it wasn't last week or the week before, you actually brought that up, how Paul was like, I baptized into Apollos, I was baptized in this, and they, you know, right away he's addressing this bickering problem. <clears throat> this resulted in divisions and quarrels. Paul attempted to correct their worldly thinking by explaining how the wisdom of God differed from the wisdom of the world. God's wisdom triumphs over the wisdom of the world, because the world looks at the message of the cross and sees foolishness, whereas it is really the power of God to save those who believe. 
there. There we go. The unbeliever cannot accept the things of God, but the spiritual person has the mind of Christ. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, getting this passage, spiritual wisdom, the mind of God, understanding things. So before we read, what were some of y'all's initial, you know, when you read the chapter overall, chapter two, did anything interesting stand out to you? So let's um, let's read it. But someone like to read it for us, uh, verses six through sixteen. That's what we're going to be discussing and focusing on. I I have it. Back. Okay, go ahead, Lola. Two. I'm getting there. All right, all right. Six through sixteen, right? Yeah. Spiritual wisdom. We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. On the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew this wisdom, because if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit, because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it, since it is evaluated spiritually. The spiritual person, however, can evaluate everything. And yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone. For who has known the Lord's mind that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How many times was the word spirit mentioned in that passage? At least eight times. (laughs) At least eight times. So there's a lot in there, huh? So to break it down, like how would we kind of break it down into a little bit smaller chunks to sort of compartmentalize everything that Paul's kind of talking about in a way that is easier to understand, kind of makes sense, you know, and Lola, what, you know, what do you think? If you want to share first any questions or ideas, you know, what's your initial reaction to it? Well, I mean, it's interesting It's interesting, you know, the concept talking about, you know, a wisdom that's special and has been predestined Mm. before all of this that appears around us today. Um, That's that's kind of special and interesting. And um, also, you know, the concept that 
the spirit can only be interpreted by people who have God's spirit. Otherwise, it's and and it and it makes you think: Is the person foolish that can't just um, can't understand it? You know, or is it where they hear it and they think it's foolish? You know, it kind of goes both ways that way because they they're not able to interpret it, so it just sounds like malarkey. Hmm. Back to Bill Nye, it's kind of crazy. What? Goes back to Bill Nye, it's kind of crazy. Because pretty much all the videos I watched of him, he's the whole time it's all just malarkey to him. Like he can't understand it because he has no spiritual. I mean, he doesn't pray. And yeah, I read the Bible twice, is what he says. But do you read it with an open mind, trying to interpret it differently the second time? Probably not. You read it the same way you did the first time. It's just words on a page. When you walk in the spirit and you have a prayerful ongoing relationship with God I think the first couple verses of this kind of sets up the tone for the verses we studied in the sense that Paul was like I didn't care about any of your wisdom any of your anything about you I don't care about anything other than Jesus Christ that's the only thing I'm here to talk about and you know this that and the other so i don't care about your wisdom about your view on things or your view on things i don't care and so but he set it up to where it's like in you know we'll all be on the same page if you have the spirit within you because then you'll be able to see things of the spirit to where people who do not walk in that spirit will not what you do will just be stupid Hmm. you'll give when you should take, you know, and and you'll put your foot down when it's a minor thing to them, you know. They won't understand it. And Paul was like, you know, to me, when I read through this, I read it through a couple different versions through the week. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it, it you know, no one knows what God has prepared for us. And when you hear how Jesus talked of his father. Well, it gave you a really good view on who he is, you know, and who he's, who he's not. You know, I have an interesting question that you just kind of brought to, to my mind when you talked about, you know, verse nine is what you're referring to. No, the eye hath not seen, the ear has not heard what God's prepared for us. A lot of times we think about that from like a futuristic heaven perspective. Mm -hmm. We don't know what God's prepared for us in when he comes after the second coming. But but what if we take that and we apply it to right here and now? Yeah. Right? No one knows what God has prepared for you, Mark, or, or you, Joe, or me in our life when we trust God and ask him to create in us his spirit. Like Paul says at the end in verse 16, but we have the mind of Christ. And so Philippians chapter two, it actually goes through what exactly the mind of Christ is. So for those, you know, if you want to later on today, or those of you listening uh, at a later time for our listeners, like check out Philippians chapter two and, and read what ex exactly is the mind of Christ. Paul's making a direct connection there between those two. Um, 
What do you guys think about in verse six where he where Paul says, We do, however, speak a wisdom among the mature? That phrase, among the mature. Why is he making that that distinction? Because the mature in Christ, the people who have who has had a longer walk, you know. Okay. They're spiritually mature. You know what? Not necessarily a longer walk, either. A deeper walk, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Do you think there's any connection between what Paul's saying there in Hebrews, where he talks about um, you're still on milk, but you should be on solid food, but you're still the elementary principles of righteousness and laws and goods and deeds and good works and all this kind of stuff. You're not acquainted with righteousness. You're still being baby fed. Exactly. And and I'm wondering if Paul is, is addressing the, the church here in Corinth the same way y'all are babies you're still babies you know and he's trying to draw them out of that or more maybe putting that line between the carnal way of thinking and the spiritual way of thinking Hmm. and weighing that that's good anybody else have anything they want to add a verse that stood out to you or a question I mean questions are the best things like You know. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking that the, the, the whole paragraph six through nine is basically six through eight. You know, talk, speak with wisdom, love, and mature, or you're beating a dead horse. Because if you go towards the end, it talks about the people who you know, they know it, but they 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 knew the wisdom. None of the rulers knew this wisdom, but, but they heard the message, but they chose to still not want to follow or couldn't couldn't follow didn't want to follow and they still crucified christ you know so you gotta you know i guess we can talk to certain people and talk to them about you know the holy spirit christ and everything but if you're being a dead horse you know look where it got them they're still crucifying christ so yeah you know when i read this and lola when you started with your opening comments and your insights on that, I wrote in my my little notes sheet here, heart motivation, love and truth versus fear and selfishness. Like when, to, to me, when I read that and he was contrasting the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, the spirit of man versus the spirit of God, like to me, that's sort of how I interpreted that and what I thought was applicable is he's saying if your heart motivation is one of fear and selfishness, then, then you can't comprehend the wisdom of God. You can't comprehend God's spirit because God is the spirit of love and truth. And so so even if you are a quote-unquote Christian, and in Revelation he talks about that there'll be people in the last days who practice a form of godliness but deny its power. So they're they're acting and walking and talking and like believers. They're saying they've, you know, like Seth, you mentioned Bill Nye, the science guy, like he read a couple of times. They may have knowledge, but they don't have an experience with. You know the person that the knowledge is about in essence if that makes sense and so for me i kind of like understand it in that way paul is paul is trying to make this connection that says if you have the mind of christ right but you understand spiritual things because you are spiritual because you have the mind of christ your heart motivation is in harmony with Spirit of God, love and truth. So therefore, you you recognize what God's doing, what He's trying to accomplish, 
And so when he talks about Joe there, the rulers of this, in verse 8, none of the rulers of this age knew the wisdom because if they had known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. They were operating from fear and selfishness. So when Jesus showed up, who was demonstrating God's character of love and truth, see what I'm saying? If they were operating from the same spirit of love and truth, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus because they would recognize, I think that's what Paul's trying to say. That's the same thing. They would, right? What do you guys think about that idea? It's like they weren't speaking the same language. There you go. Yeah. Not even on the same... And how many times do we in our own relationships... I know I know, I struggle with this big time. Like, um, Sarah and I oftentimes, and I'm sure all of us do with our close relationships, be it spouse or friends or whatever, like, we're talking past each other. Because, you know, we're not... We're not of the same mind right now. We're, we're, we're thinking different things. Our, our motivations are different. Our, our perspectives are different. So we just keep talking past each other. We just keep missing it. And, and, and only until we're able to stop long enough and listen. And what, what's that phrase, Mom? You've mentioned several times. Seek to understand versus to be understood or something like yeah. that. Seek to understand rather than to be understood. Right. Seek to understand rather than to be understood. And when we're able to stop and do that, that's when you can finally get to the same play. And now you're talking with each other versus past each other. Super good. And that's where I think this whole idea of, of when, when Paul brings out understanding the mind of Christ and the spirit and stuff like that, that's good. That's really good. Anything else stand out to you here before we keep moving down through the verses? I had, you already kind of brought it up, but on verse 9, I already had that written down. It's that promise just for eternal life, where it can also be applied for our life here on earth. The, you know, we just can't even fathom what God has prepared. I, I've been thinking about that a lot this week. You know, what's really awesome about God, something that I believe wholeheartedly, is that God doesn't relate to us, to you, in, um, in the place we are now. He relates to us having what he has in store for us in mind. So, so in other words, the way he relates to us now and interacts with us, I believe it's, it's all from the perspective and the knowledge that one day you you'll be this and so all of my workings with you is to guide and lead you to grow into what i have in store for you which we can't comprehend it yeah and and so i mean that's that's a, a to me it's a profound amazing thought think it's about like that. an ongoing promise it's a day-by-day -day promise that's right growth. That's right. Yeah. There's a verse that I just came to my mind. I don't know where it's at now. It's a verse in the Old Testament where he promises to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How does that it's, apply? It's a restoration promise. Hmm. And so, and for me, this, um, this is also a restoration promise. We just can't even imagine how his plans for restoration be it through our life here on earth and, and on, on into eternity. Right. Yeah. 
That's really good. Verse 12, and I don't know if we talked about this already or not, but verse 12, um, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. Do you think we exhausted that verse, or is there a little bit more that we can even pull out of it? Um, so that the last part specifically, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. So I asked the question, what has been given, what has been freely given to me by God? A lot of people would say eternal life, forgiveness, salvation. I think it's his love. I mean, it seemed like the journey that we have been on. Yeah. And that there's a lot of other people on. Um, some other some other um, ministers I've been listening to. Yeah. Is to truly understand this concept of the the, the legal um, beliefs. Yeah. Versus the. Design law character. The design law yeah. characters of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I some I think we're still on this journey to truly understand the love that has been freely given to us. And we kind of still weave through old beliefs versus this whole concept. Mm. Um, for that this how it is for me. Yeah. This is still trying to un unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay to not know? On that I heard something on the radio this week. It was kind of interesting and uh, thought about, you know, you can have a black cow eat green grass and give white milk. We don't know. It just is. And we'll, we'll figure out one day. And so do we put too much pressure on ourselves to completely understand everything that we read? Oh, I see what you're saying. Because I, I, I don't know why. But yeah. it is. Yeah. And as long as we have an open mind and an open heart to accept, you know, again, what exactly, I mean, what exactly is it? I don't know. I mean, you're, you got suggestions. It could be love or so forth and so on. But I think it's just having the, if I'm confusing this with the Holy Spirit versus the Spirit, I apologize, but if it's the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit injects so much into us. You know, it's something, you know, I can't comprehend everything it has. But mm. I know when I do the right things, that's why. Mm. What was the question again? Well, we initially started talking about there in the end of verse 12 um, about understanding what has been freely given to us by God. Okay. I would say what we're talking about now, which is wisdom, we just have to be willing to accept it and learn it in everlasting life, which is everything else. That's a good answer, man. That's what I would say. To you, Joe, you, you made me think of something really interesting, okay? I don't understand how an MRI works. Was it magnetic resonance imaging? Am yeah. I right? I don't understand how it works, but, but it does. But the fact that I don't understand how it works doesn't mean that an MRI doesn't work, right? So yeah. so I think this I think you're exactly right, Joe. There's so much there's so many things that we've read and, and it's and it's a life I mean you'll find every time you read the Bible and you go through a second, third, fourth, when I mean, you could read a chapter same chapter every day for a year and you'll just pull something out of it that, that clicked a little bit differently whoa I didn't think of that before you know and and so there's nothing wrong with not knowing all the answers 
I've, I've thought about that sometimes too, because there's a lot of, when it comes to being able to explain all the you know, prophecies and a lot of revelation and symbols and things, that just goes woof for me. You know, I, I have to focus just more on understanding um, that I'm safe with God. You know, and I, I just can't, I, I can't worry about all the other stuff because I just don't understand it. And to me, it's not, for me, that's not an important uh, salvation thing for me. And I, think, it, I think it's also, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I, and I think it's also important, too, that, that we don't stop learning and stop trying yeah. to figure out what it is. Um, you know, I think, you know, I got my eye on the prize. Okay, that, that's it. No, I think we still need to continue learning, praying, discussing to, to understand what everything what everything is. And, you know, not everybody is going to understand a concept or a prayer or a, or, or a, a verse. Not everybody's going to understand just because we're all humans. We all have different, we understand different things differently than other people. So, um, so this... I'll be honest with you, when I read this, you know, and there are some and there are some other places in the Bible too where it's kind of like repeating the same thing, but every line is one different word, one off one different word, every line, but it's still kind of, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes my brain's like, I think I know what they're talking about, it's about getting the spirit and understanding the spirit. And I think, and I read the next line and it's a little slightly different, it's like, I, I, you know, I have a brain crunch, and I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I do, but I know that the main thing. I think uh, my whole thing from this reading is, you know, what is God giving us, and you know, learning to. Again, I'm gonna use for me the Holy Spirit stands out, and I know that's God's spirit, and so that's. I don't think it says <laughs> Holy Spirit in here one place, but that's what I, that's what I, take it as. Let me, let me draw your attention to, real quick, verse 4 and 5. Mom, you said something that was really interesting in uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Um, Mom, go ahead and read that. Verse 4 and 5. My speech and my preaching were not with per persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom, but on God's power. So what's Paul saying? He's making a point when he's coming to address the church of Corinth. He's saying, I'm not using big words. I'm not using prophetic meanings and symbols. I'm not using theological terms. I'm not coming to talk to you like a, what was what was Paul, Sanhedrin Jew? In, like a doctor of, exactly. of religion. Exactly. He's. I'm not coming to talk to you like a doctor of religion. I'm coming to talk to you like just a dude. But more importantly than that, I'm just going to demonstrate the power of God. That's the words I'm going to use. The most simplest, yeah. most basic form. And so I think, I think ultimately, well, well, let me ask you, like, so when you, when you talk about, oh, I don't know all these terms and this, and I'm learning, I'm growing, Paul's making this point that says, really, that takes away from the reality of God. Because then people say, wow, you're super smart. You know a lot of big words. Look at how well you speak. And they're drawn into that. It can be drawn into it or it can, or it can push you away. Once how the serpent drew an Eve too, he spoke eloquently. That's right. That's right. So Paul's saying, Don't don't listen to me because of my fancy words. He's saying, Let my demonstration of the power of God, the spirit of God, be yeah. what motivates you to action. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you also got to watch out for the person who uses big words and things like that because you're using it to possibly persuade you into believing something that you shouldn't believe, and you can do that also. Again, the serpent, perfect well, example. Well, that's where you have the spirit to judge it by. You have you have the testimony that's already been laid out by the 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 Bible before Jesus, and then how Jesus interacted with it. You you have all of this information at this point, and. And, you know, you have, the spirit could also be the habits of, you know, when you, when you, when you are, you know, researching the spirit of God, you're really researching their habits and, and who they are as, as a person. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to help discern that of God and put a delineating line between that of the world. And it's that still small voice that, we hardly ever listen to, at least I admittedly hardly ever listen to. You know? yeah, and I think if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, this means nothing. Correct. It's gibberish. It's gibberish. Just like it is to Bill Nye, the science guy. Or, you know, because if you can't apply it to yourself and then help apply it to a situation and apply it to others, you know, what good is it? And I think the Holy Spirit, to me, I've learned so much about the Holy Spirit. I don't. Don't ask me to where I read it or write, but it's just what's happened within me. Mm -hmm. See, you had an experience with the person. That's the difference. That's great. When I look at those words with the what you just said with the demonstration of the spirit's power, the the word that comes to my brain is the is the is the phenomenal things that have happened in life mm. that have no explanation to me except that they were it was God's power. Right in his spirit, you know. I mean, right. I, I have I have been in the midst of miracles in my life that I know. I mean, we as a family have been that I just know that that was a demonstration of God's power. You know, and so to me that that just speaks. Yeah, it's not big fancy words. It's your your life ex experiencing God. Yeah. When, Things happen that only God could have maneuvered and, you know, and spoken to somebody else's heart to do this or that. Yeah. Isn't the most, isn't the most profound demonstration of God's power when the, um, when a life is changed, when a person is changed? I don't think, you know, when we read, when we read the Bible, there's lots of examples and miracles of Jesus, of God doing powerful things with nature, calming the storm, parting the Red Sea, water from a rock. I mean, you know, raising the dead to life. Like there's ton, there's, there's lots of examples, fish out of the ocean, you know, breaking the nets, feeding 5,000 people. But, but what, which ones have the most impact are the ones where a person's life, their heart motive is drastically changed and shifted and the 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 effect that that has on people especially those who know this person and like the the woman at the well comes to mind when jesus sat down with the woman well i think that's what in john 12 maybe i can't remember in the book of john where 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 this woman who's had seven husbands and a bad reputation comes to the city just a completely changed person and the whole town takes notice to that that's the power of god that's 
that's what I believe Paul is bringing to them because look at Paul's life. Who was Paul before he started yeah. doing his missionary yeah. journey? Uh, he is a direct demonstration of God's power. That's right. Yeah. That's good. So uh, the, the second question that we're trying to, to answer is, you know, what does this say about God and the kind of person he is? And so let's just spend a couple of minutes just kind of considering that before we close. What are we learning about God and the kind of person he is? He still is giving us the free will to basically learn about his wisdom or not to. Think about it. We'll come back to you. You got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just learning more that God can be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. With the now and the later, He can be trusted. Yeah. And He works outside of human wisdom. Hmm. Talk more on that. Oh, it, I mean, you go and you look at the last part of that verse where people who are not of the spirit they don't necessarily they, they, they work on the worldly wisdom and, and that's not what Paul was trying to yeah. pull out he was saying no this is the wisdom that goes extends beyond that and that of the spirit and yeah. it's it's you know you, you can be as learned as you can be on earth but still be an infant in, in realms of things of God and spiritual nature absolutely you know, sort of beat a dead horse, but yeah, one thing, you know, is that, you know, as long as, you know, God, I'm, I'm listening to God and, I, and, I, and I'm listening to the instruction, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I got my trust in him. Yeah, it's that I don't know thing, but, you know, he, he's got me as long as I continue to follow and learn and become and have the spirit within me. That's awesome, Joe. I think it makes me think that it reemphasizes that there is the way the world runs things and does things and the way God does things and run things. And I think like the like the biggest of that or or example of that would be that, you know, God if he had wanted to go the way of the world, he would have sent a grown, powerful king to come to this earth and do amazing things, or, or you know, or you know, just take over. Yeah, he and he didn't. Him. He con he conceived an idea that no one thought of and no one replicated. He sent basically an an, an egg and and you know and through a birth and. A baby, which is the weakest of the human, if you if, if you think about that, and it and it's the opposite, and everything that he conceives and does seems to be the opposite of the way this world runs, which really makes you stop and think. Yes. Yes, when Jesus came the first time. The whole world was operating from the world's spirit, heart, motive, fear, selfishness, and they didn't, they couldn't even comprehend or receive him for his mission for what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what you're saying, and, and I think there's a direct connection with that when 
talks about in the second coming in the end times, you know, the whole world falls after the beast, but for a small few who have the mind of Christ, have this heart motive that's in harmony, and those are the ones who are ready to receive them because they all, they're talking with each other, not past each other. Mm-hmm. And so you're absolutely right with that. Thank you, Lola. Yeah, that's good. Any more thoughts, Tess? What you were thinking about there? Uh, I was just saying that he's fair and subtle. Like, very subtle. Because he works through us. Mm. That's pretty much it. That's good. Yeah, I... uh, This was a tough passage, I think, for all of us. Because there's a lot lot in there. But the wisdoms and the spiritual aspect of it. Um, But I... I just keep coming to that last line of chapter two where Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. And to kind of close things out, I just think that that Paul, Paul is, is contrasting the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of God, the heart motive slash spirit of the world and the spirit of God, those who operate in those two different camps. And he, and he seems to kind of mix it all up. But at the very end, he summarizes this whole thing where he says, but we have the mind of Christ. And, and I think if we, just to refer back quickly to last week's conversation, when we talked about 1 Corinthians, he said that in verse 6, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. You guys remember when we talked about that a little bit? So I think Paul's referring back to that when he says, the testimony of Christ is confirmed among you by what you're demonstrating. And you have the mind of Christ. And so... For us to become mature, as as Paul opens this whole chapter up, the wisdom of the mature, it's to not bicker back and forth about meaningless things as the people in Corinth were doing. When Paul talks about you're baptized with Apollos, you're baptized with Timothy, we can actually take that and apply it to this day. You're not you're not bickering about this Baptist religion or the Mormon religion or the Adventist religion or, or Catholicism or Buddhism, you're not bickering about all of these things. You have the mind of Christ. You understand the principle of what's going on, the heart motive. And I believe that's what Paul's really addressing there and, and calling us, calling everyone into that place of what is your spiritual motive? What do you have for Any final comments? Observations? Okay. Remember next week, chapter 3, verse 5 through 16, the role of God's servants. Keep an eye out for the three little piggy story in the middle there. It'll be great to see what you guys think of all that. And May 7th is our corporate gathering as well. Put that on your calendars. Come join us for some worship music, another conversation, some great food. And stay tuned for when we can have our location posted. So is anybody willing to have a closing prayer for us? Sure. Hello. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do for us and for allowing us to discuss your word and to understand it better. I ask that you please help us to continue to gain from it and just be with this group throughout the week and throughout the day. Thank you. Ask in Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. amen.